Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello, Gary Vasey with another edition of CTRM Radio. Digitalization is a term that we hear a lot about. In recent months, it's also been something that we increasingly hear about in commodities as companies seek to reduce costs and increase effectiveness and business agility. With the recent lockdowns, this appears to be a trend that is only accelerating with the need to work remotely and to manage increased risk in the supply chain. But what does it mean and what impact might it have on CTRM and commodity management software? We spoke to four experts and got their views which, as you will discover, do conflict a little in terms of what digitalization is while broadly agreeing on what impact it has on CTRM and CM software. First, and to set the scene, I spoke with Matt Barrett of Adaptive, a firm that designs, builds and operates business-led technology solutions utilizing leading-edge technologies. So to me, digitalization is the replacement of your human-driven business processes with computer software. Obviously, it can be very minor. In some ways, your and, and this is where it becomes a bit of a bit of an art, not a science, to define over the last 20, 30 years, we've seen the increase in use of electronic communication to, to increase the speed with which information is distributed and the ease of access in ways that we never thought possible 20, 30 years ago. That is digitization, but it's not necessarily the business process, the, the decision making, the service that you're providing that get that is being digitalized there. That is just it's easier to think about the that as an as a human augmentation. And that, that human augmentation may mean you can have less humans in your business running the same business process. Uh, it may mean that you can just do more. And it's just, it's efficiency, basically, not to labor the point. That's what I consider to be augmentation. And we, and we see clients spending quite a bit of money trying to augment their human-driven processes at the moment. And we can, we can perhaps talk about that as, as we go. But digitization, to me, is the wholesale removal of departments to and teams to be replaced by software and the employment of vendors or software developers who are providing software to implement and enhance change evolve those business processes that that to me is digitalization does it infer a degree of automation as well automation may be what i mean by augmentation if you're automating the boring parts of a process but there's still a human right. involved you have augmented yeah. that human. This is where it becomes art, not science. It's basically automation, but not automa automation in the way that I would have thought of it a few years ago, but it's automation in the sense of workflow, approvals, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and it's the application of newer technologies. But that's not necessarily true, although it can be. Is that how you would define it? Yes, that is how I would define it. I know that you do work in the commodities arena. Do you see this as something intrinsically uh, happening in, in all industries, including commodities? Do you think that the commodities industry have more of a reason than some of the other industries to try to, to do digitalization projects? So yes, I think there's a huge amount of efficiency and increase in margin to be gained through digitization in the commodities business. Depending on where you sit in um, amongst commodities, things go from being highly bespoke, custom, structured contract and business between two counterparties is highly structured versus yeah. business between two counterparties is, is highly vanilla and well-defined and it, it's the same sort of thing so fungible so if the contracts yeah. between two parties are fungible or non-fungible then that lets you digitize 
more easily or with more difficulty. And one of the things that is a trade-off between digitization of non-fungible contracts is whether you spend your time making the contract more fungible or whether you spend time making your digitalization more sophisticated. And that's right. a trade-off that is not obvious because you have people in the business whose jobs are to support the non-fungibility of the, the business transaction. That's there's whole departments there just to handle one-offs, right? To handle 2% yeah. of, of, the, of the deal. And there's, there's a team of 100 people. It's very yeah. difficult to tease out the cost of those people and understand that maybe we just don't do that 2% of the business anymore. And we re reduce our operating costs massively and our digitalization costs go down exponentially as well. Now, there's a business call to be made there that maybe in the market you're in at the moment, the, the clients on the other side would actually walk away if you didn't have those, that extra 2% fungibility. They would just go to your competitor. So you, there's a, there can be a cost to going too soon for this because yeah. you may lose revenue in the short term and the loss in revenue may eat into, no matter how much you reduce your cost, you, you may not make it up for in the, in the margin you make. You, you see this in, in automation and electronification as well. So as you try to electronify, digitalize parts of people, well, it's not a parallel, it's, it's, it's exactly the, the problem. And you see it when you're, you're confronted with it, when you're deploying digitalized solutions to, to business to enable them to trade with their counterparties, the, the people whom you are in effect replacing will resist until you have covered all of their job. And then when you've covered all of their jobs, they will come up with more problems. And right. it takes a very bold top-down belief that it'll be okay in the end to push through that change. One of the things right. we've seen in, in, in certain large clients who have very, very siloed businesses is the creation of new digital businesses from the ground up alongside their existing businesses that look to the market very different but are in fact recreations of their existing business processes in, a, in, in what is imagined to be a digital way. Sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't work well. It te then tends to become about politics rather than the, the technical commercial problems of the fungibility or otherwise of the commercial transaction versus the trade-off for the implementation cost of supporting those non-fungible aspects of the business transaction itself. In terms of the CTRM solution that many of these commodity-focused entities have as kind of even a backbone along with the ERP. If that's part of the digitalization project, do you have any view on what the characteristics are of any application, but specifically a CTRM, that you would be looking for as part of a digitalization project? So I, th I think some of the characteristics that, that lend itself to how we think about digitalization and whether it's money well spent is based on the, the visibility of that part of the value chain to the external customer. Companies exist to compete and exist to differentiate in how they serve the client. They can differentiate on price and they can differentiate on other aspects of the service. Mm -hmm. Then there are parts of the value chain that don't differentiate but are necessary. So regulatory compliance is one that if the regulator is playing fair, all companies need to, all competitors in the marketplace need to adhere to. There isn't a lot of value in differentiating or doing more than being regulatorily compliant. So th this breaks down at the very high level to back office, middle office, and front office type yep. of conceptions. So you have a front office, which is dealing externally with the client, other competitors perhaps, in which case, in a very fungible market, you are competing with your clients at the same time. That leads to a digitalization that needs to be bespoke, differentiating, and can be evolved rapidly. Then on the middle and back offices, where your firms may indeed still be touching your those other firms that were your clients and competitors in the front office, but you're touching them and interacting with them in a way that is more about like cost reduction, about simplification, about 
figuring out errors and resolving them as quickly as possible. And everyone is kind of both both parties in that um, are motivated to solve the problem as quickly as possible. There, it really benefits if you're not differentiating. It benefits if you're on the same industry platforms. It benefits if you're on the same using the same standards for communication, the same lexicon, the same terminology. That makes life easier. Now, both both ends of that spectrum can be digitalized, and that digitalization can bring benefit. The way you would approach it are very different. And on the, on the front office side, we would see it as a as a bespoke development effort, enabling yeah. companies to express their DNA and of the marketplace, which can be, you would think that every company has a good idea of what its DNA is, but that's not necessarily the case. And then on the back end, you would think it's actually, is there a utility out there you could buy that actually solves this problem for you? And this, this isn't novel thinking, but when you think about it from digitalization, the solutions you end up with are very different. If you step back and look at the the big digital businesses that we see in the world today, mainly in the retail space. So this is the retail or consumer driven space. So this is the Facebooks, the Netflixes, the Googles, like very software driven digital businesses. They give away a huge amount into the open source community of their back and middle office infrastructure. They give away none of their front office infrastructure. And it's very clear that the, the reason they're giving away their back office infrastructure is because it reduced the cost of them owning it. They suddenly have a massive community that makes it better and they can, they, they just don't, that cost just goes away. But their front office stuff, which they consider to be a core competitive advantage, they keep it very, very secret and don't, don't let anyone have it. And that level of digital thinking is a difficult thing to come across. And it's not necessarily the case that I think that non-digital businesses are structured in the right way to to evolve without pain into digital businesses because of the different orientation that is that is needed in terms of what you think about as utility versus differentiation. Listening to you, I, I get the impression that perhaps uh, many many commodity firms are probably way behind the curve. So for them, it's it's going to be about okay, trading margins are declining. We have to increase our volume. Where are we going to be at risk to losing profit? Well, it's going to be in the supply chain mm -hmm. where delays and issues can cost us penalties, can cost us money, can cost us time. How do we introduce workflow? How do we introduce approvals? How do we automate the workflow? This kind of thing. And I think that commodity side has probably got quite a long way to go in general to even start thinking about digitalization. I would agree. I, th I think that there is a bit of a way to go before your biggest problem is digitalization. And yet we see a lot of we see a lot of interest in digitalization. And that's why looking for a definition outside of the commodity space for it, because I often wonder if it's a word being used to hide a lot of different varied initiatives, which at the end are simply about what you said right at the very beginning, which is driving more efficiency out of business processes. To me, that's workflow automation. Yeah. You, were, you, were, you were previously sitting in an office and your entire team were in, in sat in a couple of rows of desks and from the managerial perspective, you think you have quite an electronic business with quite a, quite a lot of structured communication going on and you've invested in your systems and then everyone goes home and assuming you can get that software deployed onto their desktops or their laptops at home and assuming it works on their laptop versus their, their desktop, like those are, those are serious problems but not what we're talking about, you suddenly discover that actually the only way all your automated processes work was if it was everyone was there having conversations the whole time. Well, it's not really an automated yeah. workflow, is it? Um, and we've seen that a lot in the last few months. And if there is something that we think 
we're going to get a lot of work out of in the next three months, six months, nine months. It's it's that. We had a little bit of automated workflow, and thank God we had that. Let's get some more in case this comes back again, because this could very well be the new normal. And we now have to live in a world of a truly distributed workforce. Yeah, and then I think what I also see is in parts of the industry, I, I see companies looking at going one step further, which is let's not just automate and make sure we're, we're more automated, but in terms of workflow, but let's also try to apply some technology so that we can take the, the person out of it and have the computer do the at least 80% of the job, machine learning, artificial intelligence, that kind of thing, which is probably why we're seeing a lot of interest in the commodity space in those technologies. Yep, yep, makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Matt. Wanting to obtain an eCTRM perspective, I then spoke to Dale Emerson of Igloo to get his views. I think it's progressing with pace, if I'm honest. I, I think the term's bandied about a lot from a, a spectrum of uh, digitization through to digital transformation, right? There's a number of things that are uh, changing, uh, kind of operating to drive efficiencies in the market forward. So uh, I think one aspect is the technology advances in terms of data, information, standardization, electronic trading and, and sales yeah. channels. That is all progressing from a, a CTRM perspective really quickly, I think. Uh, and then underlying that, you know, the structure of the markets changing as well, you know, in terms of electrification and energy transition and, you know, yeah. renewables, etc. You know, so you've got this kind of two elements, really. The market's moving more towards how do I manage flexibility more efficiently? This, I guess, if we think back a number of years, it, it, it was all about long-term deals, uh, high volume, perhaps transact a couple of times a year in, in the physical market. I'm a big consumer or, or a big producer. And that's moving to shorter-term, lower-margin trading. Yep. So that change in the underlying structure of the market is requiring a need to the for the types of solutions that digitalization is is now offering what do you see as digitalization because i've had some a range of views i see it as automation workflow and perhaps um, artificial intelligence in order to try to increase efficiency of business processes and i think with covid-19 there's been a push to make sure that you can conduct business outside of the office, not, not having fax machines that people have to run to, that kind of thing. But yeah. I've, I've had other, other views that it's, it's removing the human from the process altogether. So I just wonder what, how you see it. I don't think it's removing the process, or the human from the process altogether, although in certain elements that's going to happen. So perhaps at the, the front end in terms of execution, order management, signals into trading platforms, then there is a, a high level of automation there and move towards removing humans from the execution parts and replacing them with, with algorithms, right? But CTRM, ETRM it is a much wider kind of spectrum, isn't it? So I'm more towards your point of view is that it, it's that kind of driving automation efficiency across the whole STP end-to-end -end CTRM value chain. So, you know, yeah. I, I think of CTRM as the sort of commercial optimization 
of the the underlying physical supply chain, right? And that has a number of elements. It starts with execution and uh, and then goes through sort of front, middle, and back office, and then onto sort of external services. Yeah. So for me, it's that right. automation at the uh, execution end. Then it's you know the trades automatically ending up in your portfolio and seeing those in real time. Then it's automated reconciliation within the, the middle and back office, whether that's with your clearer or your direct market access provider. And, and then out the back end, it's automating, connecting with, uh, you know, a service like confirmation matching or regulatory reporting from Equias. So theoretically, if you've got the right solution in place, you should be able to execute and, and and that trade not have to touch a person all the way through to right. a confirmation matching but the, you know the reality is is that traders are going to make decisions on on, on that information you know middle office yeah. are going to make decisions around around the risk and then you know in the back office is going to ensure that um the deals are confirmed but it, it it's automated so it's, it is more efficient. There should be a cost reduction. There should be a reduction in overhead and in, in the people that you need <laughs> to manage right. the business. Digitalization for me is using your technology to change the business model. I think connectivity is really important as standard and ease of connectivity with a multiple of platforms, whether that's you know exchanges on the execution end, clearers, direct market access providers, or third-party sort of confirmation regulatory reporting services. If you want to hook into a, a new provider that's going to either you know consume data from you or provide you with data, then that really should be there already or take a couple of days, two to three days to <laughs> set up. Today's day and age really shouldn't be difficult to take trade information into a C any system really but a CTRM system you know it, it, it's 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 not that complicated open connectivity and ease of connectivity setting it up and then what just as we just talked about what levels of automation have you got within the application before the data is electronic and you're connected uh, automatically to data providers and data consumers then you should be able to reconcile that as well in terms of what your position and, and portfolio point of view is versus an external provider. Right. Yeah, I think that's really important because there are still companies, they've got huge amounts of people because they're uh, manually reconciling digital data, right? Which doesn't make right. a, a, a lot of sense. You know, I, I've got yeah. a kind of electronic record of what my trades are. My clearer has a view of what my trades are should a person really be digging into why I get errors in that and, and errors do occur you know because different companies have different marks sometimes the trade goes in incorrectly or the fees on it are wrong or the marked market that those data get less and less as digitalization increases I mean trading on an exchange we need to hope that we both you know me and McClearer or my DMA provider end up with the same trade <laughs> there's there's fees associated with that and marks to be downloaded to, to to value it and calculate margin you know so there is still discrepancies but um they should be kind of checked electronically uh, and 
then you know the the the, the process you know, the people are more involved in exception based management in terms of yep. okay i have got an error and here where the error is and i just need to figure out that you know or reconcile it or, or fix it rather than trying to analyze everything to, to to find a needle in the haystack thank you dale doug giani of principia consulting is based in singapore and is someone with a great deal of CTRM experience as well as an eye on Asian software markets. So next, I asked him for his views. It's interesting, kind of akin to some of the Southeast Asian countries. If you looked at them 20 years ago, you'd have to walk 100 miles to get to a phone uh, just to make an international call. And then the advent of cell towers and everybody's got a cell phone, if not three, in their pocket. Digitalization, I think, has taken a similar kind of structure in the Asian markets in that with the advent of some of the technologies that more mature markets are now adapting to, those technologies were first technologies that that a lot of Asian organizations got their hands on, uh, step one. So I think adaptability was generally quite high, but immature in many ways because digitalization was Step one, get an ERP system, get an get a SAP, get a NAV, right? Get an ERP system in place. And that was the backbone behind a lot of their digitalization. But a lot of the things on the periphery of contracts remain, and to this day in some cases, remain immature or paper-based rather than digitalized. Where I've seen yep. digitalization really tra- take great traction is in certain Asian markets, you see a leap into adapting things around artificial intelligence and automation or robotics. You do see quite a bit of blockchain contract management, and at least the the startings of things coming into line to leverage technology and get rid of some of the paper contracts and do contract matching uh, using technology, get rid of a lot of the manual processes that sit around the settlement side of the commodity trading business. What sadly I don't see is that 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 same data, that same technology, and we call it IoT, if you will. I don't generally like that term because I think it's too broad for our industry. But I do think that it would be great to see more adaptability of technology and digitalization within the front office side of commodity uh, organizations here in Asia. They've got all the data that they need access to. And if they were to implement it in a way where they could create poignant decision support tools, I think that would really bring them to that next level of digitalization. Why do you think people are doing digitalization? Is it cost-driven? Is it efficiency-driven? Is it both? What, what, What is it that's driving it? I think all of these projects start out as a productivity slash cost-driven initiative. And a lot of what this is, is if you look at a large-scale organization, even in Asia, you'll see multiple disparate systems and multiple disparate processes that resonate throughout the the ecosystem of an organization that trades in commodities. And with digitalization, it gives them an opportunity to sunset some of those older products and replace them with newer technologies. So you're saving on maintenance costs and you're saving on interface costs. You're buying more broader enterprise class systems to do more of the heavy lifting rather than you know the patchwork that they're accustomed to or have come from historically, either through mergers or just through organic growth. 
And I also think that productivity is a big driver in this because what you'll find is that at some point, these organizations do recognize that they've hit a wall. They can't trade mm-hmm. any more contracts or they can't manage any more risk or there's just not enough hours in a day to manage the operations, get the provisional invoices out, settle the final invoices and continue to trade at the pace that makes sense. And with lower margins in the commodity yeah. space, basically, broadly speaking, every industry in commodities has lower margins now, which yeah. means you've got to do more business to get that same P&L number that you're targeting. And that becomes uh, almost a barrier without proper technology and digitalization. And I think also it it reaches back into the supply chain because as the trading margins have declined, you've got to look back into the supply chain and start rooting out the operational risks, uh, reduce the penalties and, and yeah. issues that will cost you money in order to preserve that margin, right? So that's absolutely. And do you right. see it extending back into the supply chain like that? I do. I mean, you can look at it all the way from optimizing your inventory to making trade decisions through the whole logistics side of it. And as you mentioned, a a two-day mistake on not issuing, for example, a port's agent or buyer's agent or seller's agent can cause a ship to sit in dock after NOR is issued for a couple of days. And those couple Mm -hmm. of days can easily be half a million dollars in demerage that you've paid that was A, unplanned, and hits the P&L directly. There's no offset yep. to it. What do you think is the role that a CTRM plays in a digitalization project? And that's a great question. Uh, I, I think as I look at digitalization projects across Asia that are happening right now, I'm afraid that they're not focusing enough on the CTRM portion of digitalization. I think that's partly due to the immaturity that still exists in the Asian markets. Uh, And I'm not calling them immature markets, but I am saying that when they look at solutions and digitalization, or even when they're led by kind of the top consultancies, big brand consultancies, there's still a vacuum that exists around this CTRM, very niche system. Uh, And I feel that that system, if you're a commodity trader, if you're an energy trader, that's the backbone. It's not an ERP system. It's your trade lifecycle system. So how important is the CTRM's role in a digitalization strategy? I think it's absolutely marquee. I think that that should be the first, if not second, area of focus in a digitalization strategy. Look at it. Understand, do we have the right system? And is it a system that gives us the ability to capture our trades and manage our risk and generate our invoices? Because if that's all it does, you you need to redo, relook at that that system and you need to replace it with something else. Because to me, if you're doing a digitalization strategy, you want more out of your CTRM. It's got to be able to handle workflows. It's got to integrate nicely to mobility devices and tools that let you manage tasks and approvals. I think CM is really the focus more than CTRM. And I know we've discussed this a few times in the past, but I think commodity management as a whole is what the digitalization goal should be. And if that means part of it is CTRM and you're kind of bolting on additional tools to it to achieve that ultimate automation and ultimate kind of approval matrix and get to an efficient way of running your business, then it's got to go beyond just, I can book a deal, I can show you your P&L. That's great, but so can Excel. 
I think one of the key differentiating factors in is that difference between a CTRM and a CM and really what modules or what pieces of functionality separate those two things is I think that CTRM is still a subset of a CM tool. You have to be able to kind of do your, your blocking and tackling, if you will. But then taking that to the next level and automating workflows, not just workflows that a user builds uh, on their own based on their business process, but I think interjecting kind of global best practices, business process, as the starting point of the product or of the tool is really, really important. And of course, that comes with having experience in building that kind of a product. But essentially, as an example, uh, we talked about the mirrorage a few, few seconds ago. So understanding that when I'm doing an XYZ type of trade, let's say I'm doing a, a uh, oil trade and um, I've got a ship on water, what are the things that we know we have to do as an organization? If all of those can be laid out, can create tasks within uh, internal tools, can alert people in a timely manner, can provide escalation, then you start going beyond just the day-to-day -day management and making sure that those high-cost mistakes aren't made. But it also gives you a way to then look back because then you use those same parameters of workflow and alerts and, and reporting to create your KPIs. and. Yeah. KPIs let you look back and say, you know what? We need five more people in the credit department and we need seven more people here because if you look at the workflow and you look in detail at where the bottlenecks within that workflow are using your KPI reports, it's easy to identify where you've got gaps in your productivity throughout the supply chain, right? So that's from the time something comes into inventory to the time it leaves inventory and all of the trading decisions that sit in the middle of those two events should all be captured in a commodity management tool so that the full life cycle is revealed and you can look back and, and manage where the mistakes were made. Thank you, Doug. Lastly, I talked with David Cawthorn of 2DA Analytics. I've seen some both sides there as an implementer and as, as a user. And the one thing that hit me was just that persistent gap around you know, pre-decision analytics, being able to use more data than typically organizations do right now to ultimately make better decisions. And I knew yeah. sort of the shortfalls that I had when I was a trader. There were a lot of things that I'd sort of classify as known unknowns because they were, you know, you just didn't have access to that data. And that, you know, when I started my career, it was the, the days of the telex and facts. A lot of information was, yeah. was coming in, but it, it often hit a lever arch file and got archived off. And very little of it sort of made its way into a system of record. And that's the one thing that Alex and I, my co-founder, talked about whenever we got together, was just that, that sort of persistent gap that the front office had. And it was an issue across down the value chain for the whole commercial operational team from sort of ref refining planning, you know, supply and trading, all the way through to sort of fuel marketing. People talked about sort of the holy grail, and I did as well as a, as a consultant around value chain optimization, but there were some serious gaps, data silos, but then just this, this persistent issue, the fact that there's lots of data which just wasn't being used in, in decision making. So for me, yep. digitalization, digitization, and I know I agree with you that it's not particularly clear, but for, for me, that's it's all about being able to enable you know, front office decision makers to, to use more data. So it's about automated data ingest. It's about using spatial and data visualization to complement those existing sort of tabular views that 
folk have either you know in their training risk system or in in their excel spreadsheets and then taking best elements of of spreadsheets which are the speed of calculation and flexibility around reporting the ability to sort of run pivot tables the reasons why we use spreadsheets to do ad hoc analysis with the best of enterprise software around sort of version control analytics and and what have you we had a a strong vision with regard to what what we felt was sort of missing within the existing incumbent stack and then sort of set about doing something about it digitization digitalization is not about it's not about replacing humans it's about sort of augmenting individuals with more data to help them make quicker uh, more insight driven decisions and and help that value chain operate in a more concurrent collaborative fashion rather than how it how it exists at the moment, which is sort of very, very siloed and people planning sequentially with their own version of the truth. And I think what's happened with regards to technology is sort of enabled that with with cloud and and the ability to sort of tap into processing capability where you can sort of switch on as required. And do you have any examples of how it's been applied in the commodity arena? Well, we can talk about our our product, Bayesian, and um, I can talk about sort of, you know, what what our goal was. And it's very much around 100% operational visibility being able to represent the market as is, as opposed to a lot of optimization tools in particular, have oversimplified the, the market in order to, to make their, their engines work. And, and, and yeah. part of that is, is also because they just haven't had the, the data available. So it's, it's very, very hard to sort of take output from, a, say, refinery LP and then, and then be able to understand exactly how that makes sense with regard to sort of distribution across a multimodal network. It's trying to do that, that plan versus actual analysis is in, is incredibly hard for organizations because of the tool sets that they that they have so we wanted to sort of step into that and and represent the market as is um so that you know a user can see their own assets from a, uh, a top-down view uh, a control tower okay. as it were and then be able to then drill down uh, very quickly into a specific product and to a specific location and provide an operational cockpit and have a tool that allows you to to, to have both views bring all of the various stakeholders down the value chain uh, in, into one place. So we, we've, we've had over 240 million barrels uh, go through Bayesian since we went live in September 2018. And because of the analytics that we have within the app, we can see exactly what a user is doing at any one point during the day. And so we can really start to validate a lot of the hypotheses that we have when we set up Bayesian, which is sort of the benefits around automation. And we've seen a lot of the the, the, the tasks, for example, a scheduler would do around sort of maintaining inventory rundown forecasts, you know, going out 60, 90 days, having to check those on a daily basis. A typical scheduler, from our experience, spends 20 hours, 20 hours plus uh, a week uh, doing right. that. With Bayesian, we can reduce that down to below two hours. So hugely you know, dramatic sort of changes with regard to, to automation. And, and how we do that is that we're able to essentially pass data in whatever format you know and one of the challenges that the front office have got is that they're getting data in so many different forms now and somewhat inconsistent it relies on the, the human to, to be able to, to meld all those different data sets together to create those those views so you've got data coming in in uh, machine readable forms like xml uh, but then you've also got the majority of data coming in via pdf or csv excel uh, the odd dat file and you know that the data is inconsistent the quality is, some, is, is, is questionable at times. Within organizations, we found that there are shadow sort of data feeds that IT isn't really aware of. There are gaps where just data feeds haven't been updated. 
you've got that persistent issue around sort of the data quality and that there isn't really a clear owner around that. And so yep. you know, a lot of these issues sort of persist and a lot of folk have been in seek for a long time and they essentially just take care of that. You know, our, our first sort of um, benefit is, is around improving data quality, but also automating that, that whole process and then having people, you know, we automate the mundane and have them sort of focus on, on the exceptions. So we, we use a, our, you know, we have an alerting engine, um, notification engine, where, whereby you know any sort of issues are, are flagged to the user. So they, their workflow focuses on on the exception rather than having to to meld this data together and 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 then go and look for look for issues. Those issues come to the user. Uh, it changes right. the the dynamic of their workday. Thank you, David. So while digitalization perhaps has a broader meaning than we commonly use it in and around CTRM and CRM software, where it seems to be related more to what Matt called augmentation, it is something that is taking place all across the space where increased effectiveness is one response to all the considerable challenges faced by commodity firms. CTRM or CM software will be, or should be, at the core of a digitalization effort in a commodity-related firm and we have heard that there are a number of important features and functions required from those solutions to help deliver the benefits. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening and our guests for participating in this CTRM radio podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory. Please do visit us at ctrmcenter.com. Again, thanks and goodbye for now. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.